Um, I want to begin with a, a simple question um, before we start looking at our series. Um, and the question is this, is there someone who has always been there for you in your life? Is there someone who has always been there for you in your life? Um, I'm asking that question so aware of the fact that perhaps there's nobody that you can think of. There's no one in your life who has always been there for you. Whatever our answer is, I'm confident that we'll be encouraged this morning. Uh, as we take time to look at God's Word, and as we think of the role of the Holy Spirit, we'll be encouraged by what we hear, and we'll be encouraged as we think about that question. Uh, this morning we are continuing our series on knowing God. What does it mean to know God with all that we are? Uh, over the last two weeks we've looked together at knowing God through prayer, and knowing God through the Word of God. Uh, and we've spoken about how this, spiritu this spiritual discipline of prayer and God's word go together. Uh, if we are to be faithful and fruitful in the Christian life, we need to be men and women of prayer. And we need to be men and women of God's word. Uh, and this morning is knowing God through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean for us to be men and women of the Spirit of God? Uh, I want to be clear this morning as we start, uh, the Holy Spirit is more than the work he does through the Word of God. The Holy Spirit is more than the work he does through the Word of God. Uh, we believe here at DBC that the Holy Spirit inspired and wrote God's Word. He speaks to us through his Word. And when I say this, this isn't us minimising God's Word. This is us making the absolute most of the Word of God. We couldn't have a higher regard for the Bible here at Denison Baptist Church. But as vital and essential as the Spirit through the Word is, this is not all the Holy Spirit is, and it is not all that the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit plays an essential and vital role within the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit plays a vital and essential role within each of our lives when we make that decision to put our faith and trust in Christ. You know, the sad truth is that many believers today live their lives minimising the role of the Holy Spirit, so much so that the Trinity has become Father, Son and Holy Bible. That's the reality. What I mean by that is we only ever talk about the work of the Holy Spirit in relation to Scripture. Now, the Holy Spirit and Scripture are together, absolutely, but there is so much more to the work of the Spirit. I want us to have a bigger picture of who the Spirit is and what the Spirit does as we look at this passage um, in Romans this morning. Uh, I want us to see uh, we know God through the Word and the power of the Spirit, which is what we looked at two weeks ago. And I want us to see that we know God in our times of prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I want us to see this morning that we know God through the personal and intimate relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit it's not a force, it's not like Star Wars, it's not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a person of God living inside each one of us. The Holy Spirit is a person who bears fruit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is a person who generously and abundantly gives gifts to each one of us within our lives. Now it's very easy for us to get nervous when there's talk of the Holy Spirit. And maybe that's been something of your own experience. You've You've maybe seen something happen in church or you've, you've heard about something that happened and it's been labelled Holy Spirit and you thought to yourself, well, if that's what the Holy Spirit does, I'm out. 
I don't want anything to do with that. And this hesitancy can be rooted on almost a fear, a lack of control, a lack that a fear of it or a recognition, a realization that God is not in this situation. A few months ago, uh, Ramsey and I decided uh, to get a pizza from a local pizza provider um, that will not be named because I'm going to share something kind of interesting about this. Uh, we bought the pizza, we took it back to my house, we opened the box, we started to eat the pizza uh, and it was unbelievable. Um, I've never known a pizza to be so salty. Um, I mean, I was downing gallons, maybe not gallons, but loads and loads of water after it. I felt like I'd ran through the Sahara. It was really bad. And the cheese, the cheese was just an absolute disaster. It wasn't sticking to the base. I'd pick up a slice and it was almost like the cheese saw this as an opportunity just to jump off of the base. So the cheese just flew off the base. And I don't know what was going on in terms of the chemical composition of the pizza, but basically there was this kind of pool of sort of tomato juice at the bottom of my plate. It was just really, really messy. And I felt like crying. It was, it was almost as if a pizza was crying because all this kind of water was pouring out of the, the base. But it was just pretty disgusting. Uh, and, you know, when I, I look back on this experience, and as Ramsey, as me and Ramsey have counseled each other um, because of what happened, we never ever said after this situation, I'm never eating pizza again. That was disgusting. No, we recognised that this chef and his provision of pizza was not providing us with an accurate expression of what a pizza should be. He had labelled it pizza, but it wasn't actually pizza. Now, we knew it was not pizza, and you might have realised this by now, because Ramsey and I both know pizza well enough to realise that it is not how pizza ought to be. So just because someone labels something as pizza, it doesn't mean it's pizza. And just because someone labels something as the Holy Spirit, it does not mean that it is a Holy Spirit. But the reverse is also true. Just because you don't believe it's a Spirit, it doesn't, be, it doesn't mean that it's not the Holy Spirit. We need to have humility when it comes to our understanding of God's Spirit in our lives. This series is all about knowing God so you can know what is and what isn't of God through the work of His Spirit. And the challenge for us this morning is that we would drive deeper into God, we would know Him better, so that we can test the spirits, so that we can know what is of God and what is not of God. We know who the Holy Spirit is through the Word of God. We know what the Holy Spirit does in our lives through the Word of God. The, the Word of God explains who He is and what He does in each one of us. The Spirit doesn't lead us to sin and rebellion. You know, be wary of anyone who says, oh, God told me to do this or to do that. And it's something that is sinful. The Spirit leads us to holiness. The Spirit leads us to goodness. The Spirit leads us to righteousness. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn. He never condemns. The Holy Spirit convicts. The Holy Spirit doesn't tear down. He always builds up. If we know God in our lives, then we will know the Holy Spirit and we will know his convicting presence and his powers of restoration and rebuilding. All of this is encapsulated by what we read in John 14 and verses 15 to 17. And I love what Jesus says here about the Spirit of God. 
Um, if you love me, I'll give you a moment just to, to access it on your phones or your Bibles. So John 14, 15 through to 17, it'll be up on the screen. If you love me, you will keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. So it's not us knowing about the Spirit. It's us knowing the Spirit personally. Knowing the person of the Holy Spirit within our lives. And it's captured by that word counsellor. It's the Greek word paraclete. The word paraclete simply means one called to the side of another. It's this picture of the Holy Spirit walking with us. Leading us. Guiding us directing us in each and every situation that we face in the good times and in the bad times but it's also much bigger than that because the reality is that it is as Jesus says here in this passage speaking of the spirit of God he says he remains with you and he remains in you so it's not just the spirit walking beside us the spirit remains in us he dwells within us and he empowers us you know, comprehend this amazing truth. If we have faith in Jesus this morning, then God himself lives inside you. The presence of God lives in us if we believe in Jesus. You know, I, I could just sit down right now. That's enough for us to be thinking about this morning. The presence of God lives within us. Can I pray for us this morning that we would understand more and more of the presence of God in our lives. So let me just pray. And let's ask that God would really do a work in our hearts. <coughs> Lord, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that this gift is freely given to anyone here this morning who believes. We pray that we would become more and more aware of the work of the Holy Spirit, convicting, leading, changing our hearts and minds. May we work in partnership with the Spirit of God as we surrender to his will. Come Holy Spirit, we ask this in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Amen. Amen. So this morning, uh, I want us to see how this personal relationship with the Holy Spirit encompasses all of our lives. And to do that, I want us just to take time to look together at Romans chapter 8 in verses 12 through to 27. So, there's Bibles up at the back there if you want one. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. Uh, the words are up on the screen as well. So, Romans 8 and verses 12 through to 27. So, Paul says this. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live for all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. 
For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labour pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as the firstfruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope, because who hopes for what he sees? Now if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word uh, this morning. Uh, this is a passage where Paul underlines the way the Spirit is at work in all of our lives. Every single one of us can testify to the reality of this passage if we have faith in Christ this morning. And it's not speaking of little moments, little touches of the Holy Spirit. No, it's speaking of all the ways in which God is at work in all of our lives. We see in our passage, Paul speaks of his Spirit at work in our past, in our future, and also in our present today. This is how we know that God cares for us. This is how we know God loves each one of us because he, the paraclete, he walks with us in every moment, past, present and future. In fact, even better than that, he dwells within us, in our hearts and in our minds. He is in here. He is a person who is with us in those good times and also in those difficult times. So what does it mean for us to know God through the Holy Spirit? Well, knowing God through the Spirit is always in light of our past. We know God through the Spirit in light of our past. Let me just read verses 12 to 15 again. Uh, and the words will be up on the screen. Uh, so then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So Paul here is talking of two completely different ways of life. One in which we live our life according to the flesh and one in which we live our life according to God's Spirit. The flesh results in death. It is just our sinful desires. We live to please ourselves and nobody else. And the Spirit leads to life. It is a life where we ask God the question, what is your will? In every conversation, in every situation, in every circumstance, in every life choice, we are asking God, what is your will? And as we do that, we are opening ourselves to the work of the Spirit. Paul identifies what's really at the heart of a life in the Spirit and what's at the heart of a life in the flesh. A life in the Spirit is rooted in the fact that we are adopted. We're adopted and when we know that we have been adopted by, by God, our hearts cry out, Abba, 
Father. And a life in the flesh is rooted in the fact that we are slaves to sin. We are slaves to fear. We live our lives thinking about what other people think. Or we live our lives consumed by a desire to do wrong. To go against God's plan and purpose. Paul describes what is at the heart of the flesh and what is at the heart of the spirit. And he makes a really important point. He says, if the spirit of God lives in you, you don't need to fall back to that old way of life. This is me paraphrasing. You don't need to fall back to any kind of fear or however it is you express sin in your life. The spirit of God has dealt with your past. So move forward into the newness of life that he has for you. You know, I can think of of people in my life, in my life, who have lived a life of sin, who have then came to that place of faith and trust in Christ, and who have then fallen back into a a habitual way of of sinning, a life that has basically turned its back on God. The sad reality is, for those individuals, they have not wholeheartedly believed the promise that we see in this passage. We are no longer slaves to fear. We can choose to live our lives today in the power of God's Spirit and He promises to help us in our time of need. We don't have to go back. It's like the story of the hotel manager. Uh, This guy uh, ran a five-star hotel and he was standing one day at reception on a cold winter's night and he sees through the glass doors a beggar across the road eating food out of a bin. And so he walks across the street He invites him into his hotel. He gives him the best room in the hotel. And he tells him, dinner's at 6pm. Come to my table. I'd love to have a meal with you. And so, the manager goes down to his table at 6pm. He waits. He waits. And he waits some more. At this point, it's half past six. He decides to try and find him. He goes up to his room. The guy's not there. So he takes a walk outside. And he finds a beggar back at the bin that he first met him at, eating the leftovers that he hadn't finished. The beggar fully didn't fully take hold of, he didn't fully believe and walk in the offer that was there for him. And so let me encourage you and let me challenge you this morning. If you have faith in Jesus, stay in the hotel. Don't go back to the bin. Believe in God's promise and live in the newness of life that he has for you. And the power of his spirit. So knowing God through the spirit. In light of our past. Paul is also talking about. Knowing God through the spirit. In light of our future. Our future is grounded in the fact. That we are heirs. We are heirs. With Christ. That's incredible. We are heirs with Christ. That should cause us to rejoice. And Paul continues with these powerful words. In verses 22 to 25. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labour pains until now. And let's be honest this morning, as we read that verse of the whole creation groaning together with labour pains, we see how creation groans today, whether it be through volcanic eruptions, or earthquakes, or tsunamis, or hurricanes. We see how broken our natural world is. It's not as it ought to be and so it groans. It longs for something better. We can testify to verse 22. Verse 23. Not only that but we ourselves who have the spirit as the first fruits. We also groan within ourselves. 
eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope, because who hopes for what he sees? Now if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. So what Paul is getting at is knowing God through the Spirit in light of our future. This is what Paul is pointing us towards in verses 22 to 25. As creation groans, we also groan. We long for something better in our lives. Through the witness of the Spirit, we look forward to that day when all will be restored and we will have a living and loving, perfect relationship with Jesus. The Spirit of God in us is a promise that he'll be with us right until that day when we see him face to face. Are you excited? Are you excited about heaven? Does that, does that cause you to rejoice? The anticipation of all that God has for you? Nobody looks excited to be honest. <laughs> we should be excited. Is it, a burning des- is it your burning desire to be in the presence of Jesus forever and ever? Or is something else in this life more important than that? Is there something else that you're more excited about compared to the glory of being in Christ, being with Christ and being in Christ? You know, I'm convinced the fuller you are in the Holy Spirit, the more you're going to long for eternity. The fuller you are in the Holy Spirit, the more you'll long, the more you'll be excited about and desire being in God's presence forever and ever. Knowing God through the Spirit in light of our future. Number three, knowing God through the Spirit in light of our present today. This brings us on to the last two verses of our passage. In verses 26 to 27, Paul writes, In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The key word, the fundamental essential word in this passage is weakness. It's the word in which all of our words and phrases in this passage operate around. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to pray for because of our weakness. The Spirit himself intercedes for us in light of our weakness. We carry these unspoken groanings in our lives. They act as a direct connection to our weakness. It is all about weakness in the Christian life. You want to live a life in the Holy Spirit, then live a life of weakness. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 8 to 10, it will be up on the screen for us. Paul again just captures this. It's one of my favourite verses or passages concerning this. He says, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me, Paul speaking here, of his thorn in the flesh. And he continues in verse 9, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions and and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is so alien to our culture. Our culture is all about being the best, being number one, you know, being as strong as you can possibly be. And Paul here in God's word reverses that and says, no, be weak, be reliant, be dependent. 
Trust in the Lord. Don't trust in yourself. To embrace the Spirit of God is to embrace weakness. Let me say that again. To embrace the Spirit of God, to be full of God's Spirit, is to embrace weakness. Because if it was all about you, if you were able to achieve lots in your life, through God, or if you were to try and do great things for God and it was all in your own strength, then who would get all the glory? You would get all the glory. People would look at you and think, you're amazing, you did this, you did that, you did this, and it's all because of the strength that was in you. But if you are weak and you are dependent and you are reliant, then who gets all the glory in that? God gets all the glory. He's the one that is magnified. Our lives are all about God's glory. When you embrace weakness, the Spirit empowers you. You become a trophy of God's grace. He really does get all the glory. So let me invite you this week to embrace weakness. To receive or to, to comprehend the reality that you don't have it all together. And through that reality, God will empower you and enable you. And in your weakness, keep on being filled with the Spirit. As you live a life in the Spirit, you will display the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And as you live a life in the Spirit, earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts that God wants to give to you. God wants to give these things to us and he calls us to earnestly desire the gifts. The miraculous and the non-miraculous. Do you really want all that God wants to give through the Spirit? Do you really desire this in your life? Or do you desire something else? Is something else more important to you? So as we close, let me share something that Martin Lloyd-Jones shared, uh, quoting uh, Thomas Goodwin with regards to the relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. Uh, And this is my prayer for each one of us. This is my prayer that we would know this kind of relationship with God the Spirit. Uh, And the quote's going to be up on the screen as well. Um, So Lloyd-Jones, quoting Thomas Goodwin, says this, A man and his little child are walking down the road, and they are walking hand in hand, and the child knows that he is the child of his father, and he knows that his father loves him, and he rejoices in that, and he is happy in it. There is no uncertainty about it, about it all, but suddenly the father, moved by some impulse, takes hold of the child and picks him up, fondles him in his arms, kisses him, embraces him, showers his love upon him, and then he puts him down again, and they go on walking together. That is it. The child knew before that his father loved him, and he knew that he was his child. But oh, the loving embrace, this extra outpouring of love, this unusual manifestation of it, that is the kind of thing, the spirit bearing witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. May this be true for each one of us. I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, Maggie came forward. Um, Sorry. (coughs) Yeah. find it interesting that basically that quote was demonstrated in a very visible way um, when Maggie ran forward to 
Tijay. So, yeah. Didn't think this was going to happen. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, yeah. Let us, let us just take hold of that. That is it's really a picture of what God does for each one of us. Uh, and let us pursue God with all that we are uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, let me pray. Uh, and then we're going to respond uh, and worship. Lord, we are so in awe of you. We are so thankful for for who you are. Uh, and we are so rejoicing in the gift that you give to us. The work of your Holy Spirit. Lord, may it be uh, a presence and a power that enables us to be the people you call us to be. May we love um, the personal relationship that you give to us through the Holy Spirit. And Lord, may it be greater and more satisfying and more desirable than anything that we could have uh, in this life. And so we pray that you would continue to work in us in great might and power. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we sing together, there is opportunity for us to to come to the table, uh, to remember the reality of all that God is for us. Um, If you have faith in Christ, you can come to this table and you can take that bread and break it. And remember Christ's body that was given for you. And as you take that bread, I invite you to dip it into the cup. And to remember his blood that was shed uh, for each one of us. And just capture in your hearts and in your minds this picture of running into God's arms. Receiving him so that God might do a new work in you. Uh, And this is really what we can do in light of this table. We can have free access to the Father. We can know that we are children of God because Jesus has died for our sins, his body broken and his blood shed for each one of us. So let's stand and let's sing together and there's opportunity to respond.